0: League Switzerland U.S. Program Austin Matthews in the penalty box. Nealander gets an extra shift.
1: What do new do? He scores. Coach played a hunch, and the kid has his first National Hockey League goal. Saturday, September 24th, the release podcast brought to you by TiptoeTower.com is back. Joining me, as always, is David Morasuti and Jake Middleton. Guys, there's lots to discuss here. we got training camp opening up in Halifax. Um, Joffrey Lupo being banished to Robita Island. Updates on Frederick Anderson. I mean, there's, there's lots to start about here. So uh, Review guys, the World Cup. Review the World Cup, yeah. Okay, sorry there, Jake. Sorry. So you're in a feisty mood this morning? This is good?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually in a, in a happy mood. I, I look down uh, at the New York Times and, and look at the front page of the sports section, and it's uh, it's an Austin Matthews article. Really? It is, yeah. It says, in World Cup, top NHL pick gets enthusiastic hello in his new home. The future Maple Leaf holds his own against older players. Holds his own. That's cute.
1: Wow, I say he did a little more in holds his own. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said (laughs) that's cute. You know what, let's just open up with that, then let's talk about it. Dave, we had a chance to go to the game on Thursday when they played Sweden. Um, Naturally, I was late, but, you know... Still saw most of it.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Austin Matthews as a whole, and Team North America for that matter?
2: Well, uh, being there... Okay, the reason why I went... I mean, we were debating... You and I were kind of talking about it, and Jake kind of convinced me to go. I will give Jake that. Um, but, I mean, just to have a chance to see Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid live, and only spend $30 to do it, I think that was a pretty much a win. And just He's to insane. see... Yeah, and... I couldn't believe it. It was so cheap. And then, like, to be able to see what he did on that goal, on the goal he scored, which is deke out Victor Hedman on his knees, and then just be in the right position to score. I, that's one thing I noticed with him. He's always in good position, especially when it comes to scoring chances. He seems very comfortable on the ice, uh, not afraid to go, you no know, digging for pucks. I there's I don't know how there's anything you can't like about him. Uh, obviously, playing with Connor McDavid made him look a lot better too. But I mean, that team was stacked, and he he did go upon himself to just show the talent that he has. And yeah, you were mentioning the the chant he got. Uh, the guy, I think the guys in our section were kind of starting that off, Chris. I don't know if you noticed, but that was, uh, was a the great Austin mo- Matthews chant. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I,
2: I still there was a few of them. I want to
0: hear the video or audio of it because I want to hear it for myself just so I can smile. But
2: just watch yeah. just watch that over I think it was in the overtime uh, that it was the big chance started I, yeah his
1: first shift in overtime they chanted it really loud, but there was about three different times where they chanted his name too so
0: I mean just I mean, but just the opportunity to watch that team would have been awesome I mean, I'm very jealous that's that was a no brainer decision if I had the opportunity to go watch it I mean the amount of talent on that team is ridiculous they they made countries look silly they made they made potential all stars. First team all NHL players look
1: stupid. Yeah. They made Henrik Lundqvist look kinda average at times to be honest. Yeah, he was a
2: god. They, it could have been like freaking eight. Yeah. He was struggling in that game. You could tell like there was he was fighting off shots, his rebounds were not there and
0: still he, stopped him though, but yeah.
2: yeah. And I think there's just that one second period against Russia, that's what cost my that tournament, which is disappointing. Oh, it
0: was horrible. It was all because of Murray he played so bad and ironically he broke his hand. So yeah, he yep. broke
2: his hand. So it's like if you weren't if there was like a problem, why were you in the game? Like it, it probably caught it cost the team the the chance to go home and face Canada. I mean going up against Canada would have been really tough, but oh my God, that would have been like the number one watched game in recent memory.
0: Oh yeah. The amount of talent in that would have been absurd. Not yeah. like Rush is a pushover they deserve to win. I mean, you beat a team, you should deserve to go on. But, I mean, I didn't think Russia deserved to win that game. I thought North America had them on their heels the whole game. Yeah. I mean, the thing, I don't know if you guys got a chance to, to watch it, but did you guys watch, uh, like, Markov and Yemlin? Oh, my God. They look horrible. Well, they, the whole Russian defense well, looks bad. Looks so bad. so bad. I was th- watching... First of all, did he, how many penalties did Markov
2: get? Like three. Well, yeah, because he tried The only thing he could do was try to pi- get players like pissed off. So he was doing. Initiating- did that to
0: McKinnon. Did that to McKinnon, and then he tried to do it to Matthews, and then friggin' everybody's like, hell no. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, and MLM was just trying to throw a, a hit anytime he got. Although
0: he did absolutely level Jack Eichel.
2: Yeah, that was, so. made me laugh. That was a nice hit, but yeah, that Russian defense doesn't have much. Uh, they got walked around. They looked so bad. Well, here, does anybody beat Team Canada? Then no, no, I don't. They, that team is just a well-oiled machine. Like I you, think
0: the only team that would have had a chance is North America.
2: You think Russia
1: has no shot? No, tonight?
0: I think it's maybe six-two.
1: Damn.
2: You watch the defense. They're, yeah, they're, no,
1: I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree. It's tough to argue against
2: it. And I think Bobrovsky's due to have a bad game.
1: Yeah, he was very good too
0: against North America. What I mean, the amount of shots they had
2: was insane. I think it was, close, it was over at least over forty each yeah. game too. Yeah, like it was no easy game like going up against North America. North oh. it be. I, I think well, that not...
0: pretty much just. Stamps down the idea that this team has to come back because it's so much
2: fun. Well, you heard the yeah. comments from McDavid. He doesn't want to play for North America. Yeah, then.
0: and he shouldn't. I mean, all I'm writing currently going to write an article about it, but uh, one of the things that I believe personally is that if you do this again, nobody from the current team can come back. So you can only play one time. Yeah, like, that, that makes that's, sense. That's fair, actually. Because, like, yeah – I mean, Canada wants McDavid, and frickin' you can't screw the U.S. again. <laughs> I mean, the compl- the compl- bitching and complaining I heard—it's absurd. I, I mean, I was listening to Overdrive this week, and and guys like Hayes and, and O'Dog were talking about all the excuses that Team USA was making and how they didn't get Goudreau and Eichel and Matthews. First of all, based on who the Americans picked, I'm convinced they wouldn't have taken Matthews or Eichel.
1: No, they no, wouldn't.
0: They'd be like, "Oh, he's too young. Let's put in, let's put an Abdulcater or what? What did what did Don call him? Appleator?"
1: <laughs> and then you got Dubinsky, too.
0: Oh my God! I, I mean, they wouldn't have picked him anyway. But I mean, they're like, we would have had a chance against Canada, who's also missing Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, uh, who else? Duncan, Duncan Keith. Keith. There's so many more. Connor McDavid, Aaron Ekblad. I mean. Oh. It's still, there's loss. Yeah, lots. so I mean, again, everybody has their their guys that they're missing, but I think the U.S. just did a terrible job, and I wouldn't be shocked if all those guys are canned. The coach should be the first to go, though.
1: Yeah, he should be. I hate to do this, guys, but we got to kind of transition off of the World Cup here because we could talk about it for a while. I feel like we just all agreed that Canada is going to win this thing. Maybe Sweden gives them a game, and I stress a game, but I don't think anybody's beating
2: Canada, especially in a three-game series.
1: Yeah, three games and like to beat them twice. Good luck. The Leafs open training camp Thursday. Uh, what was it? Thursday they had it at the Mastercard Center. Then Friday they went to Halifax. Right. Obviously, the big news out of camp so far is Joffrey Lupul being placed on the injured reserve. I use air quotations there because it's really Robita Island. <laughs> um, you guys want to express your thoughts on that to start?
2: Well, I I mean, everyone expected it to happen. Um, I don't know. There was very conflicting reports because it looked like loophole from what reporters were saying was ready to start the season, ready to be there for training camp. And it's like, and then others were saying that before the end of last season that he's not going to be back. Um, and then you hear now that he ha- he's not, I don't know. I don't know. Exa- you don't even know exactly what the issue is. They say he's, Having discomfort and that's very vague. Um, And Darren Drager from TSN was saying that if Lupo wants to play, he would or wants to be at training camp. He has the right because he can fight any any placement on the IR. So it's it's just a weird situation. I kind of wrote about it when it when it was announced that I don't think it's over. I I think that they're going to give him time to. I don't know, heal, but at this point, I think that body's just broken down too much that there's no healing left. So, it's not, this is not the last we've heard of the Joffrey Lupo situation, not like Robita, where he's not even skating.
1: I mean, I can read you guys Lamarillo's comments before Jake comments here if you want. All right.
2: Okay, go for it.
1: Because he, he goes, uh, once rehab was over, there was a chance of Lupo getting back on the ice. He got on the ice and had the same discomfort. So we brought him back to Toronto, and he saw our doctors, and when he went through the physical, we both felt he wouldn't be able to play. He's very disappointed. He worked very hard at it this summer. He's going to continue to work at it. He wants to play, and we'll have to wait and see. So for me, the biggest takeaway from that little quote there from Lou was that they both met, and they both felt it wasn't good for him to play. All I can picture is overdrive, them just saying, you're never playing hockey again. That's yeah, all I picture.
0: Yeah, Exactly.
1: You're never playing hockey again <laughs> I um
0: yeah I mean the the thing that that really caught me was didn't he have issues with like uh herniated disc right? well, he got sports hernia surgery. I thought he had injury in his back though was that him who had the herniated it was, disc
2: that was a that was a couple of years ago when like he when they, when he was traded from Anaheim to the Leafs he had finally gotten back from a back injury. But in the time he was with Toronto, he's had a broken arm. He had a knee injury. He had the pulled groin. Uh, then he had a separated, I think it was a separated shoulder, and then this. I mean, that's ridiculous.
0: Didn't he break his hand, too, or was that his arm that got broken uh, by? Uh... I
2: think it, was the, it was the arm that was broken by the enough slap shot. Yeah, okay, it
0: was his arm. Jesus, man, that's so bad. Uh, so he's a mess. I mean, at this point... For him, I mean, they were talking about this on Overdrive, and I agree with them. I think it's gotten to the point where I think he realizes he's not wanted, and they probably said to him, "Either you can come back, or we're gonna just put you down with the Marleys." And he's just like, "No, I'll, I'll take my thing." And hey, I mean, if I were him, I'd take my money. I'd go. I'll do what me and Dave did this summer. I'll go and travel through Italy with some. Uh, he's got some money, so. And they're still paying him, too, so he's still getting a check every week. I mean, it's not a bad – it's not bad. I mean, I, I, hate, I love how people are just like, this, this shouldn't be allowed. It's so bad for the player. It's like, no. I mean, yeah, he doesn't get to play hockey. That kind of sucks. But he probably wasn't going to be able to play in the NHL anyway. They would do everything in their power to make sure he doesn't want to play, which is kind of scummy, but, I mean, in this business – I kind of think the idea if you can't play, you shouldn't play. I don't that's why I'm not a big guaranteed contracts fan. I like the way the n f l is with guaranteed money and stuff like that, but that's just me.
1: I'm with you on that. I don't feel like a lot of money should be guaranteed. I mean there's certain base things that should be guaranteed, but for the most part, I mean if you don't play, how can I use you to help the team right?
0: yeah, exactly I mean it's. Obviously, there's certain things that motivate guys. Some of it is just money, which is, I mean, hey, that's fine. I mean, I don't have any problem with guys that play just for the money, but obviously I'd like them to play their all and stuff like that and don't get too complacent.
1: So do you guys see Lupo ever playing for the Leafs
0: again? No, I think he's he's
2: done. He's essentially retired. Dave? I don't, but he's going to make an attempt to, I think. I think he's going to want – I mean, he's going to want to play again at some point. I think even if it's just near the end of the season, I don't know. But I don't think he is. And, I mean, it's kind of, you know, Chris and I, we know we're both Cowboys fans. We are on the fence of whether Tony Romo should ever play again because I, I think it's a very similar situation between Romo and Lupo where the guy's just been beat up so much. You just hope the guy just picks what's ever best for his health. and
0: Yeah, but Romo's – like a top ten caliber quarterback
2: and a I Hall of Fame say, caliber yeah. player, and loopholes exactly to score five goals. <laughs> Last year, <I'll take laughs> scored eleven in like forty games. So yeah, he's his. just the injuries have taken a toll on him, where he just can't play.
1: I think he's just overrated to begin, to be honest. I mean, I'm not just saying that because he's getting five and a quarter a year. I just think he isn't an extraordinary hockey player by any means, and he's somebody this Leafs team. With you look at their current roster construction, he's
0: not better they can than easily anything.
1: replace. I don't think, yeah.
0: even if he was getting paid nine hundred grand on a PTO, he probably wouldn't make this team anyway.
1: Like, watch here. Would you guys take Milan McCulloch or Joffrey Lupin?
2: Milan McCulloch. i take McCulloch. There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> say no more. Like, There's there's not much more to say then for Lupin, because I feel like McCulloch would be a third or fourth liner on this team, just based on the way that they're going to want to inject the youth in. And where the hell does Lupin fit then?
2: Nowhere. anyone.
1: Yeah. So he's not playing for the Leafs. All right. I'm glad we, uh, we all got that out of the way. The Leafs opened up training camp, though, with a whopping 79 players.
0: Oh There's my. a lot
1: of players there at camp. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of guys. Obviously, cut down day will be huge, and there'll be some names that are going to get sent left, right, and center. I think for the most part, this is good for the kids, because they're all getting a lot of experience to be in that Maple Leafs environment. It's different than being with the Marlies. Um, obviously, you know the media circus that is Toronto will be all over camp. It, it'll be everywhere, so I think it's good for the kids to get this out of their way. Um, what was the other news there? Frederick Anderson. Lamarillo provided an update on Frederick Anderson. He didn't address the media. They said he's still on the regular three- to four-week timeline before he can resume hockey activities. Um, he wasn't allowed to speak because of team rules, so that's kind of everything
2: status quo there. Team rules. I mean,
1: I mean what? <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: I mean, we already know what the injury is. We already know that he was going to be out a couple of weeks, so, I mean, he's going to probably just, I don't know, you're just going to wait for him to get back. I mean, what else yeah. is to say? Not, it's not like a, a suspicious injury that we didn't see what happened. We know what happened with him. We saw the collision. So, it's gonna. I mean, do we want to hear from him anyways? I mean, he, all he's just going to say is, I think it's feeling great and we'll be back soon. That's all he's going to say. He's not going to really give us a, an inside scoop that the Leafs are not going to provide.
1: Lemarillo literally summed it up in four sentences. He goes, until he's ready, we're not going to have any comment. He is progressing. He's had no setbacks. Hopefully, he'll be ready at the same time we originally thought. That's it. So, I mean, it's exactly what you guys just
2: said. Yeah, and at this point, do you want to further risk any further injury on uh, your starting goal turn you've already committed a five-year contract with? No. So, I'm just, just waiting for him to get it back.
0: I don't, yeah, they were talking about this yesterday. I don't think he plays a game in preseason.
2: I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think... He- I mean, if he's – I don't even – yeah, he's probably going to miss – I don't know. They didn't – because of the season starting later, he could just be practicing and then get in. When's
0: the first game? Isn't it like the 4th, October 4th or something?
1: No, it's
2: October, I believe, the 12th. Wow, really? The regular season? Yeah,
1: regular season's the 12th. Huh. Is it? Is it later than usual? Yeah, no? it starts on a Wednesday this year. I think they pushed it back because of the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Also, is Matthews yeah. given a break?
1: Yeah, he's not going to Halifax. He'll be back at training camp when the team resumes in Toronto. Which is when? Uh,
2: Monday, I believe. Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. They're getting the week off, and I think they're playing one game on Monday. The preseason game's on Monday. I can double-check that just to make sure. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, they're supposed to be having one preseason game, which, yeah. So it's going to be in Halifax on Monday. They're not playing in that game, so then they're going to be back in Toronto on Tuesday.
1: Okay. Okay. A couple other things before we uh, move on to Leaps that We feel have something to prove here at training camp. Um, I think from the first day of camp with all the media scrums and stuff, the other interesting people were Brooks-like. He kind of sounded like the team dad, which is something we already knew based on the way he's been, you know, taking photos with uh, Nylander and some of their kids. They're,
0: I mean, they're living with him, aren't they?
1: Yeah, like he literally sounds like a coach, though. That's the good thing about Brooks-like. so. The
0: thing it reminds me of is... Uh... Where does doesn't McKinnon, didn't he live with Coach Waugh, Patrick Waugh? Uh,
2: I haven't I thought one. Like
1: he probably Cro- live with a Ginla.
0: Mm, was it? I don't know. But, I mean, you see this all the time with young players. I mean, I like the idea of just having them with an older teammate. Like, you can either have, it was Couturier with Danny Breer and the Flyers, or Sidney Crosby with Mary Lemieux. I mean, you see it all the time.
1: Yeah, I'm all for it. I think honestly, Brooks like is going to have a more positive impact on this team than people
2: think. Ovechkin with
1: Fedorov, yeah, there's another so one. Wait, there.
2: are you saying that you win like what well, the least had, where Kessel and Bozak and Riley and Gardner were living together? Yeah, no, I, I like
0: it when it's with <laughs> the, with the it young stars because <laughs> it, it just makes them not have to worry about any like anything else but hockey. Like with Matthews, he's living with his dad, I'm pretty sure, right?
2: The
0: Frank- I think so. Uh-huh. I gotta look that up. Yeah. yeah.
2: He did move up.
0: Because he moved. He lived with his mom last year, and which is a really smart idea, because he just doesn't have to worry about anything. I mean, it's kind of like kids going to college. They just have get shocked with how many things they have to do and kind of gets you out of your flow. But, I mean, I like it. I'll pay him his $4.5 I think he's a good guy. I like Brooks. I got a lot of respect for him. Obviously, he's not a long-term answer. This is his, probably his last year in the NHL. So, I mean... Hey, good for him and that he's embracing his role and and providing some leadership because he's a guy that's definitely been around and nurtured some some big-time stars in uh, in Washington, so it'll be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to have a, like like I said again, I think he's going to have a really good impact on the team. Um two other personalities that stood out though for me, Matt Martin. He kind of came off as this like I don't know, I don't want to say like cool uncle, but he just kind of came off like maybe like that older brother that Buys guys like the younger kids booze and stuff. He just like he just seems like a cool guy from like the way he was ch- talking, cracking jokes and whatnot. And the last guy was Nasim Qadri. He still has that know-it-all kind of a dick attitude, and he almost rattled us He's up to an idiot. He said, you know, "Yeah, you hear
0: yeah, that? Oh. Yeah, he goes
1: Lupo, he Lupo's fine. good to play.' Yeah, he looks fine. Like, shut up, man. Don't.
0: <laughs> you know what the mo is? I, I, I'm assuming Lou probably wanted to strangle him when he said that.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I
0: I like him, but he does some very stupid things.
1: Yeah, all the time. Uh, I I mean,
0: you'd think he would have been briefed about something like that, but I don't know. You never know.
2: Well, I know. Even if he was briefed, I still think he would have said something. That's how Kadri usually is.
1: Uh, It's got to change, though. (laughs) Like He's got to keep the team in mind and not just his own opinion here. In my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's, and now he's just going to be – if you're a reporter trying to get a, a scoop, you just go over to him.
1: Yeah, go to Kadri. frame it a certain way, and you'll probably get an answer.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Moving on to Leafs, side something to prove in camp here. We've got a name of five guys um, that I wrote down. You guys can feel free to add to this. Five initial guys I wrote down, though, were Brandon Prust, Mitch Marner, Peter Holland, Frank Corrado, and Josh Levo. I think those five guys obviously have a lot to prove through training camp, whether it be trying to make the team – or trying to get back into Babcock's good books. There's just there's a lot of things that they have to work on throughout camp here, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, no disagreement
2: there. I mean, especially Josh Liebel. Everyone's been kind of like on the fence of what he's doing. I know he scored a goal today in one of their scrimmage games. It's a nice goal. Um, one thing I guess they maybe he has an advantage of is he plays the left wing instead of the right wing, where I think they've got more depth with you know Marner, Nylander, Soshnikov. Trying to think who the other right wingers are. They've got more depth, I think, on the right side than they do the left side. So he has that going for him.
1: What do you guys think about Peter Holland? Do you think he has any shot of making this team? I don't know. I I always
0: like Peter Holland, but he, he's just always a guy that you want more from. And I I mean I just
2: don't see it. I mean, but, yeah, he's they have the whole, so
0: many centers, but they have yeah, like
2: one yeah. good one. Well, yeah, I mean
0: Holland. They have so I, many below-average centers that can play fourth and third line.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be, he'd be better off moving to the wing. He has a good shot. I just think the whole defensive liability of being a center is what's kind of holding him back a bit. Uh, he, I mean, he's the whole situation he was brought in, I mean, Dave, that was a Dave Noonis thing where they ne- basically had no centermen where they were all injured and he had to step in. It was kind of a bad situation to start, and then you know, Babcock comes in. He's got to change the way he plays. So I, and he's he's not a guy that's going to make a huge impact on the team. I mean, he's still young enough that maybe his game can improve. But I think at this point, you either move him to the wing or he's just going to be moved around on on the fourth line as a centerman. Switched out. It's probably what they're going to do.
1: Well, here's the thing for me with Peter Holland is when you look at the Leafs down the middle, you got Bozak, Kadri, Austin Matthews. He's not beating any of those guys. No, no. I don't even know if he's going to beat Brooks Like on the fourth line. Like, I think Brooks Like is a better fourth line center than Peter Holland. Then you shift over to some of the young kids that are coming up, like Zach Hyman, Connor Brown, Soshnikov. Does Peter Holland really have more appeal than any of those guys?
0: I don't think so. No, because I've, you've seen everything out of him. I mean, I don't. He's not getting better. I mean, he's not just a hidden 30 goal guy that. You give him an opportunity, he'll get it. I mean, I think the max he can do is 15 goals, maybe, maybe 10 assists, or like a, a guy that can get 25 points is, is his max, and and he's also defensive liability. He can't take face offs. I mean, he's not a real good centerman, so yeah. So
1: he's heading to the Rico.
0: Either that, or I would like to deal him because I think he can be an NHL player, but just. Just not for the
1: leaves. I'd agree with that. What do you guys think about Brandon Prust? Do you think he actually has a shot, or do you think this is just Mark Hunter, you know, kind of giving a chance to one of his old London Night players here?
0: Probably him just giving a chance to his old London Knight players. I mean, I just don't like the idea of giving a spot to Brandon Prust over a young player.
2: Yeah. And you've already got Mad Martin, who's bringing the same thing as Brandon Prust. And is but he's better, better and can up. skate. Bre- yeah, like Brandon Press. This is like his last shot. I think of the NHL. Is if he can't crack an NHL lineup this year, I think it's it's pretty much the swan song for him. Uh, I think it's also to give kind of a injection of, as you were saying, competition. He's gonna he's gonna do whatever he can to make a good impression. But I just think you can't beat out some of these younger players that the Leafs have. Someone is definitely gonna know, sh- oh, outshine him uh, so maybe another team that needs what Press has will sign him or the Marlies will take him I don't him know in.
0: he has really bad a- a- uh, ankles too he's had a lot of injuries to his ankles
2: yeah, I think I think
0: it's pretty much uh dunzo for him but I mean considering the personality he has no problem seeing him in a I have no issues with seeing him in a broadcasting role or on radio because he's He's a pretty funny guy, and he's very open and able to talk to people. Either that, or he can go play in the AHL with with Biz Nasty and guys like that.
1: I think it's important for the Leafs to have players like this, too, though, because they're trying to change a culture, and they're trying to groom these young kids to become professionals. And for people that think, you know, well, you're just going to learn that when you become into the NHL, like, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. No, I mean... So I think having guys like Brooks like, and Prust and whatnot is really going to help these kids learn how to, you know, win and be professional. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's why I like the idea of them living with these older guys. These guys who are, they're pros pros. I mean, they do everything the right way and they come to work. They got that, lun- they got that lunch pail, uh, bring your, yeah, bring your lunch pail to work with your hard hat and get to work. And, I mean, works out for them. They've had some pretty good careers. So if 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 any of the guys have careers like Brooks like, I would be very happy. He's a very underrated player, and he had a very good career. I think he played almost uh, 1,200 games.
1: Yeah, he's played a lot, something man. He, he's been pretty durable, too. Something you
0: take out of a first-round pick every day of the week, 1,000 games. Of course.
1: I got four other players here for you guys, and I feel like they're kind of paired together. The first is a pair of right-handed shot defensemen, Frank Corrado and Connor Carrick. I think Connor Carrick is a lock to make the team, but I don't know what you do with Frank Corrado then.
2: Thoughts? Uh, he's probably going to be the guy who's either the seventh, eighth defenseman, or like happened with Vancouver, he's going to be put on waivers, and you're hoping he clears. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't. The whole situation with him again last year, he was brought in late, and he was sat in, the, sat in the press box for a while, so it was kind of an unfair situation for him, I understand, but if he was really good, he would have been playing a lot more last year.
0: Just let him go. This is annoying. It's it's, nobody, <laughs> it's nobody's fault. Uh, he's not that good. I mean, we watched him play. What do you have, like four or five points? I, I like Carrick better than him. Yeah, I would put him too. I'd set him down to the AHL, and just, if he gets picked up, so be it. I mean, they it's not a big deal.
2: Up in the first place, just a headache, actually. That's Pardon me. Is. The only thing you gained with him was a headache with the media. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's not like they gave up anything anyway. And I mean, they wanted to prove who was better. And Carrick, obviously, uh, in the in the Calder Cup playoffs, was phenomenal. So, I mean, I think he deserves that. And he played really well with the Leafs. He had a couple goals. I liked I liked what I saw from him.
2: And Babcock liked what he saw from Carrick too. So. He should he should get more more of an expanded role if he's able to take that role.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll buy all the Conor Carrick stock I can get. To be quite honest with you, I think this kid's going to be somebody that's a part of Leafs' future.
2: But do you think Corrado
1: or Carrick deserve a spot over Polak? That's been a question that's been coming yes. up recently.
2: Yeah. So what would you do with Polak then?
0: I mean, who's the other who's the other right shot? D. Marinson. Yeah. So Marinson, Polak, Carrick.
1: That's, and Corrado,
0: that's it. Just send down Corrado. A yeah. uh, Polak's playing like they signed him to make him play.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like that's the one argument people are making right now is that both those guys deserve a spot ahead of Polak.
0: Uh, no. I mean, I think, people people hate on Polak. I mean, I don't know why the guy got a couple second round picks. So I love the guy. So, <laughs> uh,
1: leaf for life in that exactly. regard. Exactly.
0: He's in the he's in the same lore as Daniel Winnick, who got us Connor Carrick. So.
1: Yeah, and Brooks (laughs) So we'll take that. Final two guys I got for you here, these two players, they're two forwards. Both are very highly talented in the Leafs system, one more than the other. Mitch Marner and Connor Brown. Now, Jake thinks that I hate Mitch Marner, which is not true. But uh, there's a lot of hype around Connor Brown right now and that fans believe he should get a chance to play out his full rookie season with the, the Leafs, something that hasn't happened yet and people think should have happened by now. Do you think either one of these guys or both players makes the team?
0: Um, I mean, I love Connor Brown. I mean, he was incredible last year. I think he actually played so well that they actually had to send him down because the Leafs were playing too well. I mean, the game, he showed a lot. He's a good skater. He's got a good eye for the net. He's a good playmaker. It makes no sense why he should be sent down with the Leafs uh, to the Marlies because he played so well. Yeah. I mean, that. I'm buying all his stock. I think he should be on the roster. Honestly, I think he should be on the roster over Marner at this at this point right now.
2: I agree, Dave. Your thoughts on it though? Yeah, Connor Brown. I mean, I I've been watching him since he joined the Marlies. I mean, I've been watching him since he actually had that breakout year in Erie. Uh, so he's from Utobico, which is where I'm from. Uh, he's he's always wanted to be with the Leafs. He's always wanted to play for the Leafs. He's a, you know he's not the flashiest player. He's just really smart. Um, I think the one game he did, uh, there was one game against Anaheim where he, you know, he tied the game late where the Leafs were down, and it was a very exciting game. Like he, he's a he's a guy that you can plug in the lineup. He can be a top six. He'll play a top nine, and he'll give you something. Uh, he could he could buy, He could make the decision really hard on the Leafs for certain players on the right side, as we were talking about. There's a lot of right-handed shot forwards, so. He's he's definitely a guy I'm interested in watching in camp. Uh, he was there's very. Three, there's three young guys that are right shots. Him, Sashnikov, Marner, Nylander, Nylander, Hyman. Yeah. So.
0: And Connor Brown.
2: Yeah. So like they, they have a lot of right-handed shot players. Uh, him and Nealander were really close to making the team last. Year. Like Babcock wanted them with the Leafs, and they Connor had, Brown. Yeah, Connor Brown and Nylander. And then he
0: broke his ankle, didn't he?
2: He broke his ankle yep. with the Marlies blocking a shot. Uh, he came back and he was on fire ever since he came back. Like he was probably between him, Nylander, probably the top Barley's forwards. So he's proved it at the AHL level, I think now the NHL is where he needs to be. He's actually added some weight too. So he's not that small kid when he was drafted that people weren't expecting to have any chance at the NHL. And now he's, He's it's a good story for him. He's been proving everyone wrong since his junior days.
1: And Mitch Marner, I think what I think happens with Mitch Marner, something we've all talked about off the air. I think he plays the first nine games of the Leafs, goes to the World Juniors, takes his time coming back, and then he plays the final half of the season, and maybe not even half, maybe the final what fifteen twenty games, depending on where the Leafs are in the standings.
2: Yeah, they're they're just going to give him every opportunity to play. Uh, I don't just how how much room they're going to have on the roster for him if they're not going to be using him every day. That's just going to be something that Lou and Babcock are going to have to figure out. Um, there's no rush for Mish Marner. I mean, he's got a lot of time. He's still young. I don't see the sense of rushing him. Let him play at the World Juniors. Just give him whatever time you need for him to develop. He's not Matthews what we saw him because you did see him struggle last year at training camp so just give him an opportunity to to prove that he's ready and they'll they'll give him the opportunity I, I
0: don't think the number you watch is nine I think it's 40 personally that's for me that's what I said at least in in my article that's coming out soon um, I, I just think that for him like they showed with Neyland they don't care about the nine games thing they know these kids are going to be stars, so there's no the thing you want to see is that he doesn't get a year towards free agency if he doesn't have to. I mean, that's I think one of the main reasons uh, Nylander wasn't called up earlier because they didn't want him to to burn that that year uh, towards free agency. That, but they have no uh, no problem burning the entry level because it's not like they're a Stanley Cup winning team where they got to save money. I mean. Next couple of years, they got nothing but money, and they're going to have to sign these guys if they become legit. So for me, I think he plays maybe the first month. The first month is actually nine games, so that takes him to November. And then you find a way to give him a conditioning skint, stint, let him play a week with the, with the Marlies every now and then. I believe you're allowed to have one a month or something like that. And then, yeah, send him to the World Juniors, hopefully let him win a gold medal and then make a decision from there. If he's playing lights out, then he plays 82 games and don't send him to World Juniors. But, I mean, if he's, if he's playing really badly, I just, I just really don't like the idea of sending him back to London.
1: No, me neither. I don't think they'll do anything for his development. Before we get any further, though, Jake, do you mind explaining your whole issue with the 40 games there, just the rule and whatnot for people that don't know? Yeah,
0: the rule in the CBA is that um, obviously over nine games is the little tryout period where if you pay, play over nine games and you're on an entry-level contract, it will burn the first year of that contract. So then you go into the second year. But if you play under, over 40 games, so if you play 41 games in a season, it not only burns a year on your off your entry-level contract, but it burns a year and makes you uh, one year closer to being eligible for unrestricted free agency, which is a big thing. So for for Connor McDavid, he is eligible because he played over 40 games. So he is one year closer to free agency.
1: (laughs) Which is something that every team in the NHL is counting down for. Yeah. (laughs) Something else we could talk about here just to finish off was the rookie tournament. It took place last weekend in London. Um, Both myself and Dave, we went to go watch and take in the games. A lot of prospects that stood out. Obviously the Leafs, they went 3-0. I think that was a foregone conclusion before the tournament started. They went to overtime twice, but the thing with them is that that roster was absolutely loaded with talent. Uh, no other team there could even match it. Players that stood out to you guys, Dave, Jake, anybody in particular aside from Mitch Marner? I mean, we could talk about Mitch Marner again if you guys want, but I feel like everything's kind of been said about him there.
0: Yeah, I mean, my guy that that uh, I love is, is Martins Durkles. I mean, I, I wrote about this uh, a couple days ago, but... I mean, he the guy just is so mature. I mean, I think he's I think he's definitely going to be an NHL player in my opinion. He reminds me a lot of 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 like a a or or a Coulemann or a for a Leafs comparable or maybe a guy like a like a Michael Frolick or or something like that. A guy that can play some offense, but it where he's making his money is is shutting down guys and being pesky and and playing third line. He's a good skater, and I mean, he's got some offensive ability and I don't think it's a coincidence. The year he gets picked by Rui and Naranda, they go to the Memorial Cup.
1: Martin Zirkels, for me, was somebody who really stood out. I know before the tournament started, you mentioned it to me, and then after watching him play the Saturday night against Montreal, which was his first game in that tournament, there was, without question, Martin Zirkels was easily one of the best players there, and it carried over into Sunday. I know, Dave, you mentioned that he played really well as well. Um, man, I, I could say a lot of great things about Zirkels. Skating, gritty player. Uh, seems to always be in the right spot position wise. Him and Karostelev really worked well together too as a pairing for what that's worth. So
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see him uh, get his chance to play on the big stage because he uh, actually helped his home country of Latvia qualify for the World Juniors. So we will see Martin Stirkels and Latvia at the World Juniors. He will probably be the captain of that team by the way.
1: Yeah, more than likely. Dave, do you have a man crush on Dirkles too now or what? <laughs> man
2: crush on him, but I thought he, you know, he played really well. Uh, Jake, I mean, Jake has always been pumping his tires ever since the Leafs drafted him and saw him play in juniors. So it was good to actually put a to kind of see him in action. Uh, but he wasn't the guy that I was most impressed with. Um, I mean, it, he, this guy got a lot of uh, hype from the tournament, which was Andrew Nielsen. I think he's... I mean, everyone was talking about Derma potentially being the best defensive prospect. I think Nielsen has shown that he's probably jumped him in front of that. Uh, he's he's very calm, poised. He you know doesn't make too many mistakes. When he has to get physical, he'll get physical. Sometimes he gets a little too carried away when it comes to the physical play where he'll put himself out of position to make a hit. But he doesn't let things get kind of let things bother him doesn't panic under pressure uh i mean everyone was talking about him at the tournament another guy uh and jake will probably like this one that i I liked was jeremy bracco hey he he has worked really hard on his skating i mean i'm not expert when it comes to evaluating a guy's skating but he was all over the ice uh him and nielsen were actually practicing When everyone went off the ice, them two kind of like took it to the last minute to like practice some plays, and then they ended up connecting on the breakaway in overtime. Uh, He's he's a guy that I thought I I didn't think too much of him when they drafted him. He played well with Kitchener, but then seeing him live, I think they might have a player with him. So if if for me, Bracco and Nielsen were two guys that that really have kind of how how do I want to say this made me want to watch them more going forward.
0: Yeah, I was actually, um, with Brock, I was actually upset that he left Boston College. I mean, I really like Boston College as a development place. Them in Michigan and BU just seem to pump out guys. It's like a factory for good players. And North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota too, <laughs> but uh, had to rub that one in. But
1: uh, I know I had to. But... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, he he's a player that obviously people compare to because of his size and his hands and his abilities to play with the puck to Johnny Goudreau, who also went to Boston College. And the thing with college is it allows you to to gain weight because you're not playing as many games and you're working out more. I thought, personally, that was the place I wanted to see him, but going to Kitchener and getting games against good players wasn't a bad thing. I, I don't... I did not get an opportunity to see him as he gained weight because he was like 155 pounds.
1: Yeah, he's a little bit bigger. I had a chance to like kind of stand around the concourse where all the guys were warming up playing soccer and whatnot. Um, Bracco looks a bit bigger. Marner looks a bit bigger. Somebody who I was really surprised at how big he actually was was Nielsen, actually. I mean, I always knew he was like 6'3". Yeah, he's a big kid, man. He kind of reminded me of Dion Phaneuf this tournament with the way he was playing. Uh, maybe not as physical, but he kinda of has a propensity to throw his body around. He'll kinda of get himself out of position by doing that. Um decent decent slap shot, you know, he's not afraid to pinch in either. He just reminded me of FNUF at times and maybe not all the way through, but it was just a comparison I drew there. Um Dermot was somebody too was really good this tournament. I know you mentioned him earlier, Dave.
2: He looked like he got a bit bigger too. Yeah, he he's not afraid to be to kinda of get physical with the play. He's got he's he's much improved when it comes to his Decision making with the puck. I know people were saying that he's he tends to hold on to the puck too long, and to make a play, he's gone a lot better at that. Uh, him and Nielsen seem to really feed off each other. I mean, every time they're on the bench, they're they're talking. They they seem to really want to feed off each other and learn from each other. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to see both of them with the Marlies this year. They're probably going to be probably key players be, for them. Yeah, some.
1: Something I actually learned about Nielsen and Dermott there when I got there on the Friday was that uh, they're actually best friends. So they're coming up through this whole Leafs organization together, and they've just became really tight. And Nielsen and Bracha? No, Nielsen and um, Dermot. Oh,
0: Dermott. Okay.
1: Yeah, they kind of have like that Bozak Kessel relationship that we saw a couple of years ago, which so. is
0: weird because they've never—they're from different areas, and I guess just because from this, I guess it's impressive.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. That was something I thought was interesting. So. Another player, one last guy that stood out for me, though, on the back end, and he's been in the Leafs organization for a while now, Valiev. He just looked really poised with the puck. He looked like maybe potentially a third-pairing defenseman at some point. I think he's somebody that the Leafs organization is going to be happy with and will use him as like a bus guy. Whenever there's an injury or whatnot, they're going to bring him up as the first choice.
2: Yeah, and he, well, I think it helped that he got some NHL experience last year. Uh, He was really good with the Marlies, too. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see him live. I did get to see him a bit on TV. So he has proved to be he, – he's proved that he can be in the NHL at some point. Uh, I don't think it's yet. Yeah, he's still younger. I think it helped that he was able to play a lot with the Marlies last year. Uh, another guy that I was really impressed with was, was uh, actually – he's not a high-level prospect, but Mason Marchman. Uh, you guys are probably not too familiar with him. but Is he
0: the, is he the London he Knight?
2: well. He he played. He was with um, Mississauga last year. Oh, okay. He actually did pretty well with them in the playoffs. But he's got good size. He's got the physical game, and he's he's not a he's he's a good two way guy. They were really impressed with him uh, in the last game. I mean, he had he had two he had a goal assist, and he had a fight. So he had the Gordie Howe hat trick. Mark Hunter seemed to be really impressed with him, especially where he was from La- when they drafted him actually I'm not even sure if they drafted him I'm pretty sure he was uh, an invite to the camp so it, a guy that I w- you should be watching for just cuz he's got the size he's I don't know I liked what he brought to the game too cuz he's not afraid to you know to move around he because he's big he's not slow which is what you want to see from these bigger players too
1: another guy though speaking of size that I forgot to mention as well was uh, Trevor Moore him, Goche, and Dmitro Timoshev formed arguably the best line in this tournament. Those three guys were electric together. They were every time they're on the ice, they were creating plays. They were just they were tough to stop. The goat so electric,
0: wow.
1: Maybe not the goat, but he was making nice passes in the slot, setting guys up. That line just really clicked together. Yeah, go- I, like
2: more. I I've heard of how big Goche is, and then I, huge. huge. So six six. six. Yeah. Where I was sitting with all the me- like the press people, all the lead the. Players that weren't playing were sitting in the next section, and he was sitting down. And he's like by like he was huge, like he was t- like obviously you got like guys like Marner, Timoshov, Brackle, they're all like smaller. This guy is like almost double their size. It's yeah, he's gigantic. I mean, <laughs> well, by- he
0: doesn't eat two uh, Chipotle bowls for a small guy. Oh and by-,
2: <laughs> by the way, I know Chris and I both talked to us, but that rink was cold. I think the London Knights have uh exhausted every last bit of air conditioning in that rink too just a little <laughs> side note that i want to bring there because that like there was people like i was okay i had a jacket on but jacket with me but there was people like beside me shivering which i found very interesting for a rink like the london like that's a nice rink they have really nice uh facilities it's a nice area in london but holy smokes was that cold
1: to be fair, it was warmer on the Saturday night when they played Montreal. I think it was because there was more people in the stands. Yeah. But it was a little bit warmer on Saturday night. I'll give it that.
2: Yeah. And uh, when you're looking at this, I mean, Mark Hunter was was kind of not pu- push, putting too much importance on this tournament. It was good. They were able to see guys that maybe they weren't giving a hard look at. But I, I did like that they're not... If a player had a bad tournament, they're not gonna say all oh, this guy is like a wash now. Like there were guys before that had bad tournaments and then you know they've been shipped off. But I, I like that uh, that they're kind of keeping the patient approach with some of these players and they're gonna give players opportunity. I mean, this camp is huge. I mean, we talked about seventy nine players. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they scale down the roster. I'm sure the junior guys are gonna be the first to go, and then the how many of the guys on free agent are are invites or PTO invites are gonna be sticking around too. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting week for sure.
1: No doubt about that. And a thing about that rookie tournament too is that everybody was there from Elise the Brass. Shanahan showed up, Dubas showed up, Mark Hunter showed up. Hell, even an old school guy, John Ferguson Jr., I saw him walking around the arena so I mean take that for what it's worth. A lot of people were there.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of scouts in in the in the stands there, which Tons. Yeah. I didn't I didn't expect to see as many scouts, but I guess this is just a good time for them to see what prospects they can uh, potentially get in trades. So, one
1: of them I was sitting next to during on a Saturday night, he kept barking at Nielsen to move the F and puck like four
2: separate occasions. I was crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you know, the, the the scouts that I were, I was like they were around me weren't as probably as vocal as the guy you saw, Chris. But I mean, I I kind of spoke to one. He says they got some good players. Obviously the third game they didn't have the best prospects in the lineup, but they said they at least have a really good good system moving forward, a really good future.
1: Duh. Thoughts on Casimir Kaskasuo? I think he played pretty well.
2: He the third game he had some he had some gaffes uh where he, puck handling wasn't exactly where I no don't, I don't know what happened. There was like the one goal where uh, he was trying to handle the puck and he lost it and got in front of the net and the guy scored. But he made an unreal save in the third game where I think the score was tied and he, the guy got, there was a pass in the slot. He you know he's pushed over and he got off his glove. Uh, he he's got the size. I, I like the size that he has. I think he still has some some ways to go in terms of getting some experience and and working on his game a little bit, but. I think I think they have something with them, possibly. I I wasn't too high on him when they brought him in, but I think now that you've actually seen him in games, I think he's he's gonna get some time either with the Marlins or he's gonna be the starting goaltender with or, uh, with Orlando this year.
1: Yeah, I think he can eventually surpass Bebo possibly. I mean, I, there's a lot to like about Cascasuo. He didn't play too deep in his paint either. I noticed that a lot with him. He's usually up at the top of the crease there, so that was nice to see, especially for a goalie of his size. He had
2: one He had one goal goal against him on the short side, which is not something you want to see with a bigger goalie. You don't want to see him get beat like that, but the, some of the goals that he did let him were tough, tough shots to stop, so it's not going to be too hard on the kid, but he's going he, to at least have a, a decent go with the Marlies, I think.
1: I think that covers most of the rookie tournament here. Jake, you got anything to add, or anything you want to like talk about? No, I
0: mean, I think you guys did a pretty good job of covering it because
2: you guys were there. So, yeah, it was it was uh, it was just nice to get to London for the day. The fans, I mean, the fans seemed to really enjoy it. They were a good uh, group of Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh, I watched a bit of the Montreal Canadiens game with against Ottawa. It didn't have the same like talent level as what the Leafs game had. But fans seem to really enjoy it. I think uh, after the game, there was some. It was it was interesting because I think they were all waiting for Marner because you know people being in London, and then guys like Brockle, Nielsen, uh, and uh, uh, Pickenich got out, and nobody went nobody went to get their autograph. I was really surprised with some of the fans, but I guess they really wanted to see Marner. I think Marner went out the other entrance. Uh, it was a nice event. I I. I I know they've been doing it for years. I've never been able to go and I think it's it's a nice thing that they're doing every year in London.
1: I agree. It's funny because the one player that stood out to me too just based off size alone was uh, Logan Brown off Ottawa. That dude's like 6 7 off skates, man. He's humongous. But yeah, he
2: can't skate. Right? I <laughs> think got really chippy too between Ottawa and Montreal. There was uh, I mean the Leafs one too got really chippy. Like they're these young guys are not afraid to uh to set the tone physically, that's for sure. Nope, not at Wasn't all. Wasn't that, that game like
0: ten seven or something?
2: That last game, I think it was six five. I think yeah, I think it was like six four six five. It was at one point it was three three, and then it just it just opened up like Ottawa took like, like six four lead, and it was uh, it was an interesting game. But
1: oh, you're talking about the Ottawa Montreal game? Sorry, oh no, I don't know. The score of that one. I thought you meant the last uh, Leafs
2: game there. Oh, the last Leafs game was six was uh, six five. Six five. The Leafs were down. They were down three nothing, and then they were up five three, and then Pittsburgh came back, tied it at five, and then they landed in the overtime. Yep, yeah. off a really nice goal, by the way. Yeah, that like somebody had asked Bracco, was he was he thinking five hole the entire time? And he's like, maybe. Don't give out my secret. <laughs> so he he does have a bit of. Uh, I mean, one thing I've noticed with these young players is they seem very guarded when they talk. I mean, obviously Toronto, there's just so many. So much media, it's just the attention's always there. It's tough for them. They seem a bit uncomfortable, but I mean, once in a while, you see these guys kind of enjoy the enjoy the spotlight for a second. Bronco definitely was one of them. You know, he had that. He was sporting a nice uh, cut above his uh, his lip. He got a nice stick to the face. I think it was on the on Saturday. On Saturday, so he it was the first time he's ever had had I think stitches done. So. Yeah, he said his mom wasn't too thrilled about that. His mom, yeah, I saw him after the after the game. I think his mom was there, so it's it's a nice. I think it's nice for these guys to kind of get a first taste of what it's like to be in sort of like the Toronto atmosphere with the fans, with the media. But um, there's definitely there's definitely a growing thing with some of these players in terms of what they're saying and kind of how they they act, they were act they all acted like professionals. Uh, because they've been trained like heck by the media guys. So uh, the, Leafs, the Leafs definitely have a have something with a couple of these players. Not all of them, but there, there are players that look like they're going to have a, a nice future with the team.
1: Yeah, I can tell you one thing I observed, too, walking around the arena and seeing them on the concourse, is all these guys get along. I know that's really cliche to say because they all play on the same team, but you can notice on some teams, if you've been around enough sporting environments, that players can get clicky, where certain guys will hang out with each other. Like, you look at baseball— a lot of Latin American players will just hang out with each other because obviously language barrier, amongst many other things. But this Leafs team was always together. They're always, you know, kind of cracking jokes, and there's just they're just a tight group, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I I think that's important to see. I mean, this this team wants to have a culture where they're good 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 people off the ice and good players on the ice. I think what, going to Halifax was part of the reason part of their decision making was they wanted the team to get. Acclimated together camp. I know they went to I am not wrong. They went to Niagara. So the team is making efforts to keep these guys together as a group. Uh, it was also interesting to see the uniforms for the first time. It was kind of interesting that the first time you see, see the UNU uniforms was at the rookie tournament. I will say the blue ones look definitely look nicer than the white ones uh, with the way that the logo and the jersey is done. I feel like they're kind of bland. The The shoulders are bland. That's where I noticed. Actually, looking from behind, the white jerseys look like the Tampa Bay Blue jerseys.
0: Are they going to yep. have a 100th year patch or something on the
2: jersey? They haven't said yet. They haven't said yet. I would guess no, cause, but you never know. They I mean, they could have it for the Centennial. Are they getting a separate jersey for the Centennial Classic, or are they just going with the ones they have? God, I hope not. Not another one.
1: Yeah, I don't know yet either. I mean, they have they've been really they've been really quiet about a lot of things this year, which understandably so. It's kind of the new way the Leafs operate. So,
2: well, I mean, the NHL is the one that kind of announces like games, like outdoor games in the jersey. So, I don't even think the Leafs would have a choice in that matter, because I know like well Edmonton is getting new jersey. Well, they don't even couldn't even call those new jerseys for the Heritage Classic. So, I think there could be something. I don't know if there is something in the works. It probably may have already been announced. I haven't checked yet, so that'll be interesting.
1: That's something we'll keep an eye on. Before we get out of here, guys, predictions for Canada-Russia tonight. Score, everything. I know we all think Canada's going to win, but score. Uh,
2: Okay. I'm going to say 3-1 Canada.
1: Wow, only 3-1, eh? Jake, you said, what, 6-2 earlier? 6-2, yeah.
2: I'll say 5-3.
1: Why you got to be that guy? That's what I was going (laughs) to say.
0: 5-3, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, literally going to say five just three. Get used to seeing a lot of goals scored. I mean, rush is good. Rush is good.
2: Yeah. If Bobrovsky's not on his game, then and I mean, Carey Price, I don't really see him having a bad game. But if they're not on their game, then I would go like a six three. But I think both teams are going to be. It's going to be kind of tight. They're not going to. All you need to
0: know is that Montreal pairing is going against some line, <laughs> and they're just going to be <laughs> lambs for a slaughter.
2: Do you think it's, sorry? Do you think it's going to be Crosby that's going to light it up tonight, or do you think it's going to be like how they, how the other games have gone, where like a, like Duchene's line goes off, or what do you think? What are your predictions on that?
1: I, don't, I think the power play lights it up tonight, and I think that
2: Stamkos,
1: Tavares, Getzlaff line is going to be ridiculous. By the way,
0: how good has Tavares looked?
1: Oh, beast! Unreal. First
0: of all, he is walking everybody. Yeah. You know, you know who uh, has the same skills coach as him. Huh. Austin Matthews. <laughs> Daryl <laughs> Belfry, who's actually a coach for the Leafs, a skills coach, if I'm correct. They hired him after they drafted Austin Matthews, which looks like a good idea based on how good they look. He looks right now with just the skills that he's pulling off and dangling everybody.
2: Uh, that's interesting. I've I, I really liked Matt Duchesne. I've always been a Matt Duchesne fan. I think he's played really well in this tournament, especially getting more of an opportunity with Ben and Sagan out. I really like him. I think he's had a good tournament.
0: I think they just anyway, they'll get somebody to score uh, score the goals, but they'll get five or six.
1: I'd agree with that. There's no argument here. I think on that note, guys, we'll wrap this up. All right. All right, guys. As always, you can listen to the podcast and subscribe to it on SoundCloud and iTunes at Tip of the Tower. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Crystal Krainitz. You can reach Jake at Jake Middleton 12 You can reach Dave at D underscore Don't be shy sure to leave us comments, suggestions, anything you got for us on the comment section of either the website or on the iTunes account. We always appreciate that, guys. Until then, take care and enjoy the rest of the world kind of hockey. William Nylander. Tonight's Mitch Marner.